Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah. yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
Hope to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom. Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy angel of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence I sense your presence Thank you for joining me here on Code Connection. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. The music you were listening to there at the beginning of the show is I Sense Your Presence. It's by Shemshai, a great little group I connected with when I was living in Arizona and who's, you know, just enjoying their life, being musicians, traveling the world, <laughs> doing their thing. And, hey, I do want to mention, you know, it's been wonderful. They have been so gracious and so kind in letting me use their music on the show. And so if you would like to check out more of the music, more of what they're doing, where they're at, where they're performing, all that great stuff, you can definitely do so through their website at www.shimshai.com. And that's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. And I just want to extend a welcome to everybody, whether you're returning because you've listened to the show, you like what I do here, you like what's going on, um, whether you're joining me for the very first time because you said, hey, that looks like kind of an interesting subject and what's that coding stuff about? (laughs) And you're just jumping in here to seeing what we're doing here. And to those that are listening also in other places because we do stream live in three additional places besides Blog Talk, which is Talk Stream Live. Streamfinder and Penn, also known as Parent Counters Network. And I listen, uh, welcome everybody listening through there, as well as those that are catching our archives or the podcast, which come in through iTunes, tunein.com, and through my YouTube channel. Now, during this show, what I do is I look at living life, um, uh, living a more compassionate life, I should say, by aligning with your life's personal codes. And many times I do have guests on the show, although now that I'm doing code connection as opposed to the activating compassion uh, energy here, I'm doing more and more of my own shows. So I'm kind of alternating between my shows and guest shows. And when I do bring guests on, it gives you a chance to learn about their work and other things that might be an option for your code energy. I also highlight different musical arts along the way, and I've had some great artists on this year. Um, Matter of fact, Jim and Ashley Cash, uh, who I was just doing a venue with in the Washington, D.C. area, thank you so much for their incredible hospitality while I was there. Uh, They were on as Woven Green, uh, kicking off the spring 
Equinox timeframe. We then moved on to Angelia Grace this year, a truly angelic voice, uh, calling in from Ireland. And then from there we moved on to the summer solstice time frame. We had um, Dragon's Head on, Daniel, our producer, and his band, and Scott, of course, a Unitarian Mass minister and, and musician. And uh, you know, it was great to be uh, working through, through Scott's church as well while I was in D.C. And then let's see here. Who did we have after that? We had, um, we had Tashika Maruth who called in from India. And then we had C.J. Monsdak, who plays the Pantheon Steel Halo. So we've had some really interesting guests, and I still have some interesting ones. You know, matter of fact, I'm broadcasting right now from Aquarius Sanctuary in Westford, Massachusetts, and I've got a venue going on there tomorrow evening from 7 to 9 p.m. So if you're around the Boston area, you might want to come by and check us out. Um, I'm doing a soft song style workshop, which is very open. You just come in with whatever's going on for you, and we work from there, and we we talk things through, and we look at it from a bunch of different perspectives, and we just ride with what's happening right then and there for you. And uh, it tends to open a lot of things up for people. So if you're in the area, I hope you'll check that out as well. And uh, it was funny. I was looking over some flyers of people who were just recently here, and my next upcoming, well, not my next one, but my upcoming guest for the winter solstice was just here <laughs> doing a venue. Um, Joseph Carringer, who does the didgeridoo, uh, is going, is, uh, was just recently here. So, you know, it's all good company <laughs> when you look at it. So that's, that's part of what I do here. And uh, then I also explore a variety of different topics, tools, resources, thoughts that are shared that allow for personal exploration, universal insights, expanding your perception of how life works. And when I'm doing my own shows like today, it gives you a great chance um, to understand and kind of get a feel for how codes work and some of the work that I do in looking at code interpretation and as a code interpreter. So that is what I do in my own work. I'm a code interpreter, and I interpret a person's life codes to allow them to live a life filled with compassion, and I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement. You can catch that uh, through my website where other people have interviewed me. Uh, you can scroll down and find some shows where we use that on the show. I've authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Like Dreams and its companion workbook, as well as my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And, you know, I definitely look forward to coming back because as I've been in this area sharing my book with some of the libraries, they've asked if I would come back and do some author talks around this region, too. So I imagine that's going to get put on the venue <laughs> next year when I come back through here. And then also coming out, which aligns very much with today's theme, is uh, a book that I am a co-collaborator on called Embraced by the Divine, Emerging Women's Gateway to Power passion, and purpose, and so that's an exciting new book, and it looks, it's one of the anthologies, and there are different stories of getting through aspects of the dark night of the soul kind of thing, and then the tools that they use, and their perceptions, and what saw them through, so it's a very, very interesting book. That is in the process of getting its first round of release coming up here in November, around mid-November, so You'll want to watch for that. I'll also be getting some information up on my website as that comes out for you as well. And uh, my website address, by the way, where you can follow book signings and events that are going on and tour stuff and videos and monthly specials and all that great stuff, 
You can catch all of that through my website at jessiannicholsgeorgenumberone.com. And also this year, I still have a couple of other events even after tomorrow night. Uh, they'll be back around the Sioux Falls area, at least the Halloween one will. Uh, on Halloween weekend, I'm doing a full weekend event, and uh, that will be a lot of fun. We tend to work out in nature. Um, we look at codes, and it's just a blast. It's a very it's a great way to do some really incredible introspection work and turn over some new energy and to do some self-exploration work and just open some doors that maybe have been really shut for you for quite a while. So it's exciting things. Now, a reminder, if you enjoy the show today, make certain you share it with people. You know, click the share button uh, here on the, the blog talk page, or you can do that through my Facebook pages, uh, any ones that you want to do there, my code interpreter page or my personal page, whatever works for you. And they can always listen to it in the archives, which is available immediately after we finish. Or again, they can catch it as a podcast on iTunes and TuneIn.com or through my YouTube channel. So there's lots of options. Uh, the YouTube channel, oftentimes it does take me um, anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks to get that up. So it all depends on how it flows. Um, my schedule is going to be a little tight, so I don't know if I'm going to get that up this weekend yet or not. It, it just depends on how tomorrow flows for me, but I'm certainly going to try <laughs> for it. So that's kind of a, a little bit of brief insight of getting into this show here. Now, those that have listened in before know that one of the things I do on my show is I delve into a book called The 72 Names of God. And I love getting this little insight for the week. And I will post this on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, by the way. And um, I love Yehuda's work. He's a Kabbalah master. And it's a lot of fun because in his work, he does what I do. He takes a big, giant concept. He brings it into everyday language for you. And this is a great thing to just go back and reflect on through the week, and it, it always seems to play into our topic, no matter <laughs> what our topic is. Whatever comes up in the book seems to, to play into that. So this week, our topic from Yehuda, or the name of God that we have from Yehuda, is Heaven on Earth. That's the common name. And I think that does actually very much play into the dark night of the soul energy. Now, the initial message that he gives on this is, it may be hard to believe, but chaos and, yes, even death are temporary distractions of this physical world necessary for the game of life. Our true purpose is to have unending happiness and eternal existence. We can create heaven on earth. Um, and that's very interesting. I want to make a little comment in there because uh, when we look at the dark night of the soul energy, it really can create a lot of distractions. And oftentimes for many people, it is filled with a whole lot of chaos. You know, people feel like their life is chaotic and they, you know, have no real sense of being able to control it or things like that. Um, but it's very interesting when we delve into some of those codes, and we'll get into that a little bit here in the show, is that chaos actually is about our success. And it's actually about delving into the self when we get to the true core of what the codes share with us on it. Um, it's really uh, a great opportunity for us to step into achievement um, in this world. So that's kind of interesting that, that we have this coming up from Yehuda today. Now, the insight that Yehuda goes on to give is the concept of a heaven on earth, according to Kabbalah, refers to both individual and global peace. 
The same principle also holds true in regard to the concept of Messiah. There is a personal Messiah and a universal Messiah, but we must first achieve our own internal liberation and recovery through personal transformation. Namely, we must achieve a state of Messiah within ourselves. Only when individual transformation in the world reaches critical mass will universal peace, harmony, and a global Messiah materialize before our very eyes. So as seen through the lens of Kabbalah, the global Messiah is not a savior, but rather a seal and a sign that enough individuals have transformed their lives and, in turn, our world. This is a constant and recurring theme in Kabbalah. Everything, including our destiny of heaven on earth, begins and ends with our own individual behavior. This name quickens the process on every level. And I, I love that he brings this up as this being the approach to heaven on earth because so many times I am telling people, just focus on yourself. Just take care of you. Just choose for you to be happy. And when we do that, the rest follows. So I'm so glad he, he makes this connection to that being how we get to peace on earth. Now, the meditation he goes on to provide with this is, you ignite the light of the Messiah within yourself, within others, and throughout the planet. The concept of heaven on earth becomes conceivable and achievable. So that's really interesting. Now, again, the common name that we have here today is heaven on earth. The formal name of God that we have that we're working with from Yehuda is Yud Zayen Lamed. Yud Zayen Lamed. And again, that will go up on my page in the Main Street Universe tab of my website, Jesse Ann Nichols George, um, the number one.com. You, you can find that there. Now, this code uh, for the week will also be up on there as well. Uh, I'll be able to get that up shortly after we end the show today for you. And the code that we have for this week asks us to use caution in what we are doing. Pay extra attention. Get extra rest. Give ourselves extra time to get places. Because this week, there's a need to learn to be adaptable. We are likely to see what is not logical or possible in the physical realm happening. It is important to be responsible for our own actions and don't let others take the fall or become the scapegoat in something. So in other words, don't make excuses. Don't put blame <laughs> out there, okay? Be responsible for your choices and your actions. You might say, but I had no other choice, or, you know, it was the best choice. Well, that might be, but you're still responsible for those choices. So, so own up to that and take it and use it and work with it. Likewise, you may be called to either step out of the situation or to stand up for yourself, as there is no reason to take the blame for something that you didn't do. And if you feel that your plans are being defeated, then realize it is simply a time to shift gears. And this week can bring big changes. So be ready to ride with them and not resist, but still hold your integrity in the process. Now, I'm going to take a short break. And when, you, when I return, I'm going to be taking a look at the codes of the dark night of the soul. Um, like I said, this is a 
a big passion of mine, being a co-collaborator on Embraced by the Divine and Emerging Women's Gateway to Passion, Power, and um, Purpose. So um, we're going to be taking a look at this because I think this is a big process, and being that we're in October, it's near Halloween, it's really kind of a great thing to look at (laughs) right now. The song I've got for you during our break today is called Dreaming with Wings, also known as Freedom, Freedom. It's by Claire Hedin. And again, Claire was one of those people in the Northern California area that got a little bit uprooted. Um, You can definitely find out more about her work, her music, her work with the earth. She does tons of things that are absolutely incredible. She was one of my very early guests on, and she's allowed me to continue to use the broad spectrum of her music on this show. And you can find out more about her work through her website, www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. We're going to be back shortly looking at the codes for a dark, um, the dark night of the soul.
back. You are listening to Code Connection, and my name is Jessie Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedin, wonderful musical artist and just a wonderful person in general. <laughs> I have to say I had an opportunity to meet with Claire um, not too long ago in person, and uh, I would say about a year and a half ago, and um, just a wonderful, wonderful person she is. And uh, that song was called Dreaming with Wings, a.k.a. Freedom, Freedom. And you can check out more of her work uh, at www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And just a deep appreciation to her as well for allowing me to use her music on the show. Now, today, we're delving into something that I think a lot of people have gone through, maybe experienced or or have heard about anyway, even if they haven't experienced it, they may have heard about it. And that's the the aspect of the dark night of the soul. And we're going to take a look about this process, what this involves as far as the codes go. You know, what does this code do? What does this mean? What's the truth behind this whole passage? A lot of people have heard of it. And I think a lot of people that, you know, when they've looked at this, um, you know, there's um, there's a lot of fear that goes with it because people have heard a lot of very challenging things, very tough things about the dark night of the soul. It's like, oh my gosh, that's when you get broken, and that's when <laughs> that's when all the the heavy duty stuff comes down, and life is miserable, and it's horrible, and nothing you do goes right, and you know, there's all kinds of things out there. But what's interesting about this phase of life, if you want to say that, um, is that almost every belief system has this type of passage in it, Uh, whether it's called this name or whether it's called the dark night or whether it's, you know, uh, called crossing the abyss as it is in some of the pagan and the Wiccan systems. Um, There's, you know, all kinds of different terms that can be used, but I would say the most common one is that that's called the dark night of the soul. And so this is kind of fun when we start to break this down and look at what this period is about because when we start to get down to the core of this energy, the core of this passage, there really isn't a reason to fear it. Now, I'm not denying that, you know, it isn't full of challenges or, (laughs) you know, that there aren't going to maybe be some trials or initiations or whatever along the way because, You know, what happens with this passage is oftentimes people will feel very alone. They'll feel very deserted. They'll feel very lost. They do feel like the world is crashing down. They do feel like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to get broken in this process. I don't know if I can take anymore. And I think certainly just the last, you know, three to five years, the general public (laughs) has experienced a very similar uh, train of thought, like, geez, how much of this challenging top stuff is there? How much do I have to give up? And I want to mention that this process isn't all about sacrifice, but I think you're going to understand it more as we start to delve into the codes and the different components of this. So, Let's start with this by just breaking down this energy, the dark night of the soul, okay? When we start off with this, what we have is 
the beginning of this energy pattern or this energy current starts off with a couple of different aspects, and that is the aspect of change, okay? Um, we're looking at shift. We're looking at change. We're looking at um, that which is transitioning, if you want to say that, um, and oftentimes when we start into this change or this shift, we're kind of coming at it from the energy of what we call the fool. And we say this not from just a total, like, uh, ignorant space of things. What this is about is um, an aspect of, uh, well, there's two different aspects to it. I mean, there's the fool, and then there is the aspect of, of stepping into one's power, stepping into one's wisdom is really what I should say as opposed to power. Um, uh, but, yeah, it is power. It is taking command of life. Um, but we oftentimes do this from the energy that's known as the mole. And the mole, of course, as we know, M-O-L-E, is somebody that's kind of weaving in and out of these different spheres of influence. They're weaving out of different groups of people. And they're trying to go through kind of unnoticed, undiscovered. Um, you know, they might even be playing two sides of a fence, which I think when we talk about the dark night of the soul, that's a really interesting piece for us to keep in mind. And we do that. It's just like when we're younger, we kind of weave in and out of these different groups going, oh, well, nobody will worry that I'm also playing in this group that's opposite to this other group <laughs> out here. But there's always danger. You know, there's, there's always a bit of danger. And I think that's where some of the fear comes in with people, that they feel that they tune into that danger piece. And the danger, however, is really more about danger from um, natural sources. You know, not so much from people, but natural sources. This is a time where our energy is shifting in a way that we need to use extra caution in our actions. And that is part of what the dark night of the soul is there to teach us, is to learn to be a little more cautious, to learn to use a little more foresight when we're going through these challenging times and we're going through these times where we feel alone because the loneliness what that comes around to is really an aspect of breaking away from some of these circles breaking away from being that mole and starting to operate on our own and not just having to play this little role going in and out of things being behind the scenes it's actually starting to step to the forefront a little more. And as we do this and our energy starts to open up, we start to create a natural connection with the elements in the universe. So earth, air, water, fire, okay? Um, we start uh, connecting with those. And so as our emotions shift and change in this process, then we're also having an influence on the earth. We're also having, so oftentimes, where people are that are going through those processes, um, and we could say maybe collectively as a human race, <laughs> we're kind of in the dark night of the soul process right now during this, what people call ascension times or transition times that are going on. And, you know, we've been weaving in and out of the material and the spiritual world, and now it's time to kind of get serious and be a little more responsible and use some caution and things. And the interesting piece in this is that, of course, 
that's where we might see more natural disasters, where somebody is that's going through a very, maybe they're a very strong soul, light worker, starseed, whatever you want to say, and they're they're crossing the abyss or they're uh, going through the dark night of the of the soul process, and you, we might see more hurricanes or tornadoes or floods going on or things like that because the earth is responding to our emotions, and this can be a very emotional time for people as they're called to let go of things, release things, clear things um, from this aspect. But whether you say the abyss or whether you say the dark night of the soul, one of the aspects in this is that we stand to gain tremendously. There's also that little piece of the wheel of fortune energy in there. So when we look at that wheel of fortune energy coming in to this soul process, uh, it's not just spinning the wheel of chance and going, gee, I hope it comes up on, you know, red 37 or whatever the number is. You know, it's really about this aspect of showing us how much control we actually have over our own lives. It's showing us how much influence, even if we don't look at the piece of control, how much influence we have. And it's really about choosing what direction our life is going to go, whether our life is going to be filled with these challenges or whether our life is going to be filled with all kinds of incredible blessings and successes and things like this. So it's kind of this this transition period in a way. Now, when we look at the piece, the the darkness, and and why do we say it's a darkness? Because there's an illusion in the darkness that we're separating from light, okay? There's an illusion that we're alone, that divine isn't there, that our angels aren't there, that our guides aren't helping us. And I say illusion because it's actually not the case. Um, you know, it comes back to that that aloneness. But the darkness that is part of the dark night of the soul is a lot like sitting in the womb, okay? It's kind of the womb period. And as we know, when we're sitting in the womb, then we're preparing for a birth. We're preparing to come out into something new. Uh it is dark in there, right? <laughs> Until we're born into this world, we come out through the birth canal, okay? We don't see that light. We're sitting in a darkness. And the darkness, part of what it does is forces us to get still. It forces us to go within. The darkness is no different in some ways than the night. It is and it isn't. You know, it's part of its own energy, but it's also the same energy in a way, which is why the night magnifies the darkness. It's the feminine receptive energy. And so often what happens prior to the dark night of the soul phase is that we're so busy doing, doing, doing in the world that we're not receiving. We're not taking the time to be still and quiet and to sit, as they say in that, um, you know, one of the big things today, interestingly enough, is like float tanks. And you're, you're in total darkness, basically, in these float tanks. You know, you go in there and man, it it takes your senses to a whole new direction and level and and things like that Uh, because of that. Well, that piece of the darkness, when we talk about the dark night of the soul, is kind of like that. It's kind of like being in a float tank. And and in one sense, you're deprived, and in another sense, all your senses are magnifying and exploding and popping and, you know, doing all these things. So it 
it almost takes us going through some of the aspects that are involved in the dark night of the soul to learn and to grow and to get us to be still long enough, you know, to get us to be in that space so that we can tune in more so to the inner self, to our senses, as opposed to being so focused in the outer world. So this piece of it is actually a completion piece. It's kind of saying, okay, you've been playing around as a mole. You've been floating around between this group and that group. Okay, it's time to put a stop to that and to stop being this nebulous little floaty piece out there, and it's time for you to start this into you. It's time for you to finish this phase, and we're going to get ready to start a new one. So oftentimes people go through this phase, uh, they might be at the height of success right before they go through this phase, or they might go through a really, you know, strong period of this. Um, oftentimes even the first Saturn return will connect with a dark night of the soul passage for somebody. Uh, when we look at this, you know, it's kind of similar in the way because oftentimes in our mid-20s we kind of hit a pinnacle of prosperity and doing well and things are flowing and then boom, here comes the first Saturn return <laughs> along and all of a sudden, you know, those glory days are starting to get yanked out from under you and the wrinkles are starting to show up in different little pieces and your first gray hair shows up or whatever. But um, <laughs> you start to feel your age a little bit, you know, and that's just the beginning of it. Um, so, that, so when we look at that dark piece, it's kind of like saying you're completing a phase of life. You're completing uh, certain lessons. You're completing a certain passage. And now that you've been focused in this outer world, it's time to focus inward. And this uh, passage, though, and part of what it's completing and part of what the passage, a big part of the passage, is the piece that's the night piece in the dark night of the soul. Because when we look at that night piece, part of that is that spiritual material conflict pattern. So this is where a lot of people do tend to have financial struggles that are going on. They do start to struggle with, are they going to have enough? Is there money? Maybe jobs fall out. Maybe things happen in the home environment. Family conflicts come up oftentimes during this process. Um, It's natural when somebody is growing and developing you know, this is what we might call growing pains, in a sense, um, that those people who aren't ready to grow with them start to start to have issues. There start to be arguments with those people. And it's also the ego and the money piece in our life that is saying, me, 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 pay attention to me, don't let me go. It's so afraid of being totally deserted. It's so afraid of this aspect. Also, we have an inner process that's going on in relation to the dark night of the soul. And this inner process of things uh, opens a whole new door because it's about operating with integrity. Um, So subconsciously or unconsciously or however you want to, there's a piece of us going, can I continue to do what I'm doing? I really am feeling this desire, this urge to walk a more spiritual path, to to do more spiritual work. The the mundane world isn't really satisfying me anymore. The material world isn't enough for me anymore. 
So we now, as we start to put this together, because that's also an ending or completion thing, a big central part or the center part of this process becomes ending the spiritual material conflict. And that's a fascinating piece because in that aspect, there's a competition that's going on. And the spiritual is competing for survival to a certain extent, although the spiritual doesn't truly compete. <laughs> but, it, you know, in this competition, trying to just stay alive while the material world is coming in going, how about if I dangle this carrot in front of your face? You know, how about if I give you this? How about if we go this direction? Ooh, isn't this tempting to take this job? But, you know, if you take that job, you're going to have to sacrifice your ethics for it. And so, you know, this, this competition's going on and the spiritual side is kind of revolting and it's saying, I'm not going to be held down and tied down. And, and so with all of this kind of turbulent comp- competition type of energy, we start to experience things like uh, treachery. And what we start to see is the material side in its attempt to survive starts to attack our spiritual processes. And usually when we talk about it attacking the spiritual processes, what it is doing is that it's going after our self-confidence. It's, it's, it's going to open the door to all of our little triggers and addictions, and it's going to open the processes that, that say to us, Hmm, how about if I knock your self-confidence down? <laughs> how about if I yank this away from you? You know, if I take this money piece away, then you'll have to focus on money. So, you know, it starts playing all these games, which is why people tend to experience this hardship or they start to feel like nothing is going right in this space um, because the spiritual is being called this. It's saying, you know, you got to trust. And it's very hard to trust in this space when you've got all of this treachery and deception and, you know, the spiritual is shining light on what the material world is really about and the material world is like, don't shine that light so brightly because I don't really want you to know what I'm all about, (laughs) you know. So it kind of goes through this little dance and battle. And so this whole phase um, is revolutionary. And as we know, revolutions, open up to a whole new energy. There's a part that in a way is kind of being destroyed or the old ways are being let go of. Even if it's not totally destroyed, it's about letting go of what isn't working in our life. And if the material is not working, then we, we need to find other things. The key, I think, for a lot of people where they get stuck in this for a long, long period of time is when they start to do this dance and they see it as an either-or process. I either have to go for the material because that's the only way I'm going to keep a rough over my head, blah, 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 or I have to follow the spiritual because I just can't do this piece anymore. And it's really about ending the conflict and learning how to create a harmony between these two. And it's in this process that a lot of people start to step on their own personal path. It's in this process that a lot of people start to get that creative urge, that desire that says, I really want to 
be able to earn a living off of my spiritual practice or doing some sort of spiritual work. And that yearning is not going away. So learning how to communicate between the two sides and help that ego material side say, hey, I'm not here to totally blow you out of the water and just become a hermit or, you know, some of these things. You're not going to suffer in this process. Um, but on the on the other hand, I'm not going to live my life solely based around materialism. Now, you know, I should say the dark night of the soul can happen at any point in life. But it really is that point where we cross the threshold of being able to release our grip and our desire and our thirst for the material. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to live the suffering life or, you know, you have to, um, you know, have absolutely nothing or that sort of thing. But what happens is money in the material world no longer becomes the number one priority. And what's interesting in this process is oftentimes people's true colors are coming out when they're going through this conflict, trying to harmonize process. Because what happens a lot of times is they they either give in to that material energy, which is striving to destroy the spiritual, and that leads them down a whole path, or they get to a point where they say, you know what, I have nothing left to lose, so I might as well go follow my passion and my dreams and my desires. <laughs> and if you're somebody like myself or some of the other authors, for example, on Embraced by the Divine and Emerging Women's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose, then, you know, you may be one of those people that it doesn't matter what you do, <laughs> you're not getting out of this world, <laughs> so you got to figure out how to work with it. And, uh, you know, matter of fact, I know one of the authors talks about her, you know, in part of her journeys along life is talked about, you know, just going down to a beach where she was and and just, you know, laying down and going, okay, that's it, I'm done, take me now, <laughs> you know, and not doing anything and then waking up the next morning and going, well, darn it, <laughs> I guess that didn't work either. And sometimes you feel like that. Sometimes you feel like when you're going through this process, my gosh, I can't even fail at failing. <laughs> and I've been there, so I can laugh about it now. And I've I've had those experiences. And, and uh, you know, I, I think I've mentioned it a time or two on my show before that I had a very dark period. I, I wouldn't say it was the dark night of the soul period, but I did hit a very dark period where I wanted to take my life. and And I attempted to. And um, because everything was so intense and I wasn't dealing with things well, and I was very kind of young, I would say. I was around 20, 21, right in there. And um, and I came out of things, didn't even end up in the hospital over things, and and, and, uh, and uh, basically figured, well, if I can't even succeed at taking my life, <laughs> then I guess I better get with the program and, you know, and start working on other things. So uh, it's very, very interesting. And so these connections, you know, a big piece of this, again, is about how do I end this conflict that's going on in my life and start to bring harmony? How do I stand in my spiritual self and honor my self-worth 
and my responsibilities and my obligations and things like that because oftentimes when we're living very in the material world, as we often do when we're, say, in our young 20s, you know, it's about partying. It's all about the material world. It's all about all the sun. And we're not necessarily being responsible. I mean, unless you're forced into responsibilities because a child came up unexpectedly or something like that into your life, um, most people are not thinking about being responsible in those younger years. So it's kind of interesting. Now, I I had, uh, in some of my own studies, it was referred to as crossing the abyss, which was known as an initiation period um, in there. And, and that's you'll oftentimes find that term used um, when you look at things that are more of a priesthood order, when you, again, when you look at the, the Wiccan or the pagan structures um, and, and those belief systems, there's, there's that period of crossing the abyss, which is really basically the same thing as the dark night of the soul. You have to go into this turbulent space. You have to be willing to challenge and to find your way through this, um, oftentimes without help, because uh, it's a period really of kind of facing all your demons, as you might say. Um, some people call that uh, fourth dimensional energy, uh, slaying the dragons. That's another term that's used uh, in some of the spiritual uh, circles out there. And, you know, it's really is. It's about facing what your addictions are. It's about facing um, what's really important in life and whether you can walk with that integrity and finding the tools and creating the tools yourself out there. It's not about scapegoating it and blaming and finding excuses for things. It's about letting go of all those excuses because, of course, those excuses are the material coming in trying to pull away from the spiritual in there. Um, So we have this whole aspect, again, of starting off from this kind of danger space of playing all these different realms bringing things into a phase of completion and what we're ending or completing is the spiritual material conflict energy that's there. And we're creating our own revolution. Now, as we start to move further on, uh, oftentimes what will come up is the temptation to use things like magic, find that quick thing that will take care and resolve everything for us, you know, that process. So that's another part of the dark night of the soul is, um, you know, we start looking for the tools and the resources and it's like, well, maybe this will fix me and, and maybe this tool will work and, you know, maybe this spell will make everything different <laughs> in there. And so we, we tend to delve into it. But even beyond that, what it is, is it's the exploration of the magic and the mystery of the universe, which is within us. So remember I talked about the night portion and the dark night portion being like being in the womb, which holds like the mystery of the universe, metaphorically and literally. And when we allow ourselves to be in the womb of the universe, it can be disorientating. It can turn us around. It can shift just because when we've been living on earth and separated from that, and then we come back and we have this connection with it, 
it, it's going to shake you up a little bit. <laughs> you're going to go, hmm, I'm where now? Uh, so you're going to have some of these different thoughts. And, and, and so it then starts to shift as we're ending this process into more of a transformative process, a learning process, an opening process. And it's as we start to explore the magic and the mystery of the universe, kind of like that kid that gets shut in their room, <laughs> and all of a sudden they start exploring every nook and cranny and corner of the room that's in there and figuring out what they can do uh, with what they've got in their room. Well, that's, that's another piece of it. It's kind of like, okay, I might not have all the play equipment that's outside, but I've got all these cool things in my room, actually, that I forgot I had in there. And so you start to learn to tap into that inner wizard or that inner creator or um, you start to learn you again and you start to learn about what your purpose is. Now, when we start to delve into this part of it, we think, wow, if I could go into the first part of this process (laughs) with the consciousness aspect, this is about self-discovery of my purpose. It doesn't have to be this huge conflict thing. All I got to do is let go of some stuff and focus on discovering my purpose in the world. Now we start to find some balance because the soul is getting satiated. The ego is happy because you're focusing on me (laughs) for a while. And this is where we start to really tune into our gifts. It's kind of like it's kind of like where we start to put the lessons into action. So prior to this, I know like when we look at, you know, again, magical or spiritual studies or things like that, or even religious studies, because a lot of religions like the Catholic religion and things have a parallel to this, that you're taking in all this information that's all fun and it's all cool and everything like that while things are flowing. But then when you hit this phase of things, and maybe something doesn't come through as you think it should, or you don't get that immediate response, but you tend not to get in this phase because it has to do with this kind of trust piece in there. It's about you opening up and being able to carry out your own energy, create your own magic, not live by somebody else's magic, not live by somebody else's aspect. And it's in this piece of the dark night of the soul that we open to a whole other thing because here is where we start to own ourselves. Here is where we actually get in tune with purpose. Here we also might find a whole lot of emotions running through us because this is a time where we can get very dramatic about things. You get pushed up against a wall. And if there are anger things there that are unresolved, they're going to come out. There is hurt and pain and self-worth things. This is where they're going to come out in this part of the process. So we now start to really face all those hidden, locked-in emotions that maybe we didn't even realize existed. You know, it's, it's like, like coming into your 40s and your 50s and all of a sudden realizing, going, oh, my God, I was manipulated all my life. 
and I didn't even see it because I was programmed to believe I had something really, really good. And in a sense, I had something really, really good, but I was still manipulated. <laughs> so you start to make the shift and come to this awareness. Again, that creates some of what people refer to as the disorientation because a lot of times everything that you thought was true, you start to find out what actually is true and what actually isn't true and all of its hidden guises, you know, kind of like that, again, that mole that weaves in and out. You start to see all the hidden guises of it and you start to expose um, expose that energy in there, uh, in that aspect. Another piece that happens in this point of the process is we also start to find our own personal magnetism. And we also start to um, maybe receive help from others at this point of it. So we'll get these little pieces in the dark night of the soul where all of a sudden everything's coming in. But again, we have to be very careful of that because there's an aspect of that that is that material world, right? That material aspect going, oh, look at how you can manifest and look at it, look at the power you have. Because in this dark mystery of things, you're discovering your own power. And power can get out of hand very quickly, right? Power used unwisely can be incredibly destructive. Um, you know, we look at that, and, and, and that's where magic becomes a great example. Because, uh, or even love, emotions, emotions uh, run amok. Uh, when we look at that piece, you know, uh, a, a reactive space and our, and our emotions do tend to be running rampant in the uh, time part of the dark night of the soul, is that we're prone to react and then do something we regret in this phase. So this is the point where you might react and say, that's it, you're out of, you know, I'm out of here, and, you you know, you go off and you storm off or uh, you break out of a relationship that you don't really want to break out of or, um, you know, you get angry at your boss and you tell them where to stick it <laughs> or, or whatever it is, or you do that black magic spell. And this is, this is the temptation of the dark night of the soul. Oh, just this one little thing will be okay because it's justified. Well, no, it's not really justified, but that temptation is there. So, again, we see that material going, test, 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 test. You know, I'm going to test you. I'm going to prod you. And the confusing thing for people in this phase is because so many times they believe that this is an initiation of divine nature, or we've often, you know, people have oftentimes been programmed. This is an initiation of, of the divine. Well, God's energy, uh, divine energy does not test us. There's no need for divine energy to test us. It's never divine energy that's testing us because divine energy knows exactly what we're capable of at any point in time, exactly what we can do, exactly how we're going to succeed. It doesn't have a need to test us, okay? The initiation comes from the ego, from the material world, okay? Um, 
we see in various other circles, like when we look at the Masonic circles and some of those circles as well, uh, when we talk about the dark night of the soul, this is a big part of moving into their higher ranks and levels uh, within there because it tests the strength and the power of that person and how easily they're swayed and how easily they will give in. And, you know, and, and it's kind of, in a way, you know, sometimes even a choosing of how you're going to use your power. You know, again, people start to get this little piece of power come up and they feel this little surge of energy like, ooh, look at what I can do now. You know, look at, look at what I created. And that can run away very easily on us, very, very easily on us. Um, so this is, this is part of where it's also gotten a, um, maybe a tough reputation, if you want to say that, uh, where, you know, they, people are oftentimes referred to, or you might hear the phrase, you know, souls are lost during this phase. Um, this is where souls get lost. This is where they get swayed, um, pulled off their path because, uh, each side is hoping you'll choose to use your energy on its side of things uh, in there. So keep in mind that when you feel tests or initiations, um, that those aren't necessarily, they're not of the light. I want, I want you to keep that in mind. Those are not necessarily of the light. We can go through initiations, but it's not the light that's creating that, Okay. Uh, don't be about strengthening us and all of that, and I'm going to get into that. But it's not the light or the divine energy that's testing us, okay? It's, uh, you know, oftentimes the ego is doing the testing to see if we're strong enough to walk this path right now. And then we kind of come back through as we start to gain some power in this process and we start to learn how to walk on our own. In other words, being less and less influenced by other people or external things. And here is where the ego can run away again because you see this, for example, with a lot of people when they start to put themselves out there on, the, on a spiritual path or doing spiritual work. And it's really, you hear them say a lot of things like, look at, look at me, look at what I'm doing, and look at, look at this, look at, um, look at what I've uh, I'm able to do now, you know, look at this power I have, uh, look at me. And so, so it does run away oftentimes with this. And then what they do is they start to, again, weave through these different circles. Now, another piece of this is those people who start to wake up during this process, as we like to say, and they get truly connected and they start letting go of the material world, another piece of coming through this process is learning how to walk again between all of these circles without all the material attachments there. So once you let go of all the material attachments, you know, you're really not in the same places where you started, right? You might not have that desire to go out to a club three or four times a week and drink, or, you know, you, you might have other interests going on or putting your energy another way. And so now people that you might have related to before, you might not be relating to completely. Um, but you're trying to meld in because you're still trying to 
keep maybe family dynamics going or maybe you're trying to hold on to friendships or various things like this. So once again, we have to, we're returning back to that moral energy and say, now how do I maneuver in this physical earthly world from the spiritual space? It's a really interesting question to look at in this process of things. And and what's interesting is as we start to find our place out in the world again, as we're coming through this process, and the endings and the transformation and things that are going on, is this process ends in success. Now, isn't that fascinating? It ends in success of the self. It ends in esteem and honor and having plans be successful. And you hear of a lot of people like this that will talk about, man, I went through this really challenging period, and when I learned to let go, you know, whether they say let go and let God or whether, you know, whatever it is, you know, when I learned to let go and not be so attached to all these material things, all of a sudden everything started flowing for me. And it started coming in for me. Now, when I work with people with codes, that's one of the things we're working on getting them to is getting that code energy that surrounds them that's very positive so that things start flowing into them. So even though we go through these hardships, even though we're going through endings in this process, even though we're culminating phases, as we come out the other side, we come out into this amazing success self. Now, as we bring this whole energy together in here and we pull it around, what we find is once people have gone through the dark side of the soul and this whole energy culminates, we find that if they go back and try to start taking advice from other people, they have issues if they start going back into the material world, they have issues. <laughs> so again, they have to maintain that balance in there, and it is about walking their own path. And there is a piece, a huge piece of responsibility and operating with what they have. So if they go back through to their old ways, so to say, after walking through this process, which doesn't happen very often, but if they do, they're probably going to go through the process again because <laughs> you don't ever totally get out of it until you learn it, so to say. Um, they they then are brought to a space of being able to operate with the resources they have. Um, it's kind of like when you have all of your resources taken away from you and you have to get very creative in how you're going to eat and survive and live and pay the bills. And you don't do all these extras and things like that. But then when the money does start to come in again, you still operate with that responsibility level that you had when you had without. Okay? So it it brings you to a place of considering your path much more carefully. It brings you into a stronger space of gratitude. And it moves you into a space of leadership, which means you've got to take charge in there. You've got to take charge over self. 
And as you do this, things can come into alignment for you. Okay? Um, it's, it's no longer about, hmm, what do you think? Or wonder what that person thinks. Or, oh, I should take that piece of advice. Or I should listen to that. It's about listening to yourself. And so as we come through the dark night of the soul, that's what you really culminate into, being able to listen to yourself in this. Now, there's a few key components in this whole process. And, you know, this is why a lot of groups will have people go through this before they get into being a priest or being a minister or um, running a group of their own, if, if we're talking about some of the Wiccan and the pagan circles, or even just spiritual leaders. Uh, because until you learn how to lead yourself, how are you going to truly lead other people? You know, you can't forever be following everybody else's work and then be a leader. <laughs> you know, um, you become a leader when you're willing to step into your own work and when you're willing to, to do your piece of things in there. Uh, so, so let's look at some of these individual components um, I talked a little bit about change and shift, okay? If we look at this dynamic, and here's, you know, here's two things that oftentimes are synonymous, but their energy and their coding is completely different. The energy coding for change really relates to living in what we call the fool's paradise pattern, and that is where we're living in our bubble We're not really concerned with what anybody else is doing, and we don't even pay attention when danger is approaching us. So, you know, you're going along kindly, not seeing anything, not listening to anything, (laughs) you know, not really being proactive in that process to a certain extent. It's just like, and, and it's good to do your own piece. It's good to be optimistic. I'm not saying that, but it isn't. But... It takes danger when you're in that space to often awaken you. So um, change, you know, in that sense, requires a process of danger to awaken. Whereas when we make a shift, a shift is coming from a more conscious place. It doesn't take danger to shift us into a place of power. So both kind of help us, in a sense, stand on their own, but one is coming from not wanting to look at all the pieces, whereas the other is saying, okay, it's time for me to start to use my mind. It's time for me to create things. It's time for me to stand on my own two feet instead of having somebody else hold me up in the process. So I feel in this process, if we can keep that focus on shift over change, Because change oftentimes for people, too, can indicate giving up one thing for another thing, whereas shift is working more from the energy of the alchemist. And when we understand that energy is pure and there's no right or wrong, all we can do is really shift that energy from one nature to another nature, from one result to another result. But energy is neutral. So shift places us in, the, in more of the position of the alchemist. 
and the creator energy. So that is where we start to, again, truly stand into our own power, and that is the space that we can create our harvest from. We, we tend not to create our harvest or the positive results from the space of the fool's paradise because we're still living with a lot of illusion. There's a lot that we're refusing to look at. Whereas in the shift space, we're saying, okay, it's time for me to step up, step out, put this work into the world, and to, to start to move forward. And we're being proactive in the process. Now, another aspect that we find, we, we mentioned uh, in Yehuda's piece, he talked about chaos, right? Now, what's very interesting is chaos and transformation run on the same code pattern. So many people avoid chaos. Of course, you have chaos magic practitioners. You have a lot of the Native American cultures who love chaos. <laughs> they love challenges. That's part of their belief system in growth, but that's an important part of growth. Um, of course, chaos, and many people relate that to that's the, the primal energy of how all creation happens in there. Okay, The chaos and transformation come from the same energy. And chaos and transformation run on a pattern that is about allowing in divine light. It's about choosing to operate in happiness. And it is this energy pattern that brings us also into success. It allows us to have success of plans. It allows us to be willing to raise up and and be in that public eye and accept that place of honor. Now, a lot of people struggle with that word honor and esteem because they go, oh, that's all full of ego. That's all full of ego. There's a lot of different components to that, (laughs) okay? To learn how to be in that space and grace and humility is a big part of the key. Um, because when we're truly standing in esteem and honor, it's because we're operating from a place of integrity. It's because we're no longer being swayed. We're no longer turning our power over to other people and things. That's the true energy, looking at honor and esteem in there. Um, You know, so... Steam really circles back into this this very aspect. It means working with the light when we look at its code. So it's really not the ego process that we've been <laughs> that we've been programmed to believe on this. Um, again, another aspect that we see oftentimes is that um, challenges challenges is another one that comes up. Well, if we look at the energy of challenges, again, that is really about stepping into our own power. If we understand that challenges are about stepping into our own power and taking hold of responsibility for ourselves, our choices, carrying out our own plans, and that it's really about succeeding on multiple layers and levels, then why would we ever be afraid of a challenge? then we would understand that challenges are never there to defeat us. They're never there to break us down. They are there 
to assist us to step into our positions of authority, command, and power. And power not being a bad thing. I'm not saying go out there, bulldoze, and run over people's lives. That's our own personal power. That means being strong and confident within ourselves. That means being self-assured. That means removing the doubts. Okay? So that's that's what we're looking at with that piece. That means that, that we are standing in our own personal strength when we're in that. Challenges are about it's not there to tear us down or tear us away from the light. It's there to make us strong. And and oftentimes we get confused about that, right? When the ego or the material throws these things at us, it's saying, hey, here's what isn't resolved yet. Hey, here's what you haven't worked through yet that maybe you didn't realize you haven't worked through completely yet. Here's where you're still vulnerable. And here's what you need to strengthen. It's really there helping us if we if we understand what it's doing. So don't don't shy away from those challenges. <laughs> they can actually be a really good thing. Now uh also if we look at just a challenge without it being plural, that's also about receiving help and assistance. Also the same codes energy pattern as transition. Okay? So if we understand that a challenge, as opposed to multiple challenges, is the same energy as transition, now we've got a whole other interesting piece with it. Again, not there to take us down, but there to help us step into high rank. And high rank is not always about governing a country or ruling the world or that type of high rank, but it's about gaining support through love, not through fear, not through overpowering people, but through love from existing in a space and and taking actions in the world generate love. And when you generate love, people want to step forward and help you. People will support that. And the divine supports that. So we're receiving all kinds of assistance when we start to do that. So imagine that. If you realize that challenges and transitions or challenge and transition is about receiving your help, why would you resist it? (laughs) Pretty interesting. And yet people do all the time. Why? Probably because they don't understand what the true codes are in that energy and what it's really there to do for them because they've been so programmed that it's a negative thing. And why would they be programmed into thinking that it's such a negative piece, that it's such a destructive piece for them? Because those people that want to control the masses, you know, whether you talk about the big banking families, the Illuminati, or whatever group you want to talk about, it it doesn't matter. Those people that want to control the masses, okay, they don't want you to necessarily understand this piece. Because if you understand this piece, you stop needing them. And when you stop needing them, they have to face all of their own fears. They have to face all of their own vulnerabilities. So you start to see how it's coming full circle back around to when you work on yourself (laughs) 
when you understand the truth of these components that, in essence, you're breaking the chain for everybody. No wonder it's got revolutionary energy in it, right? You're breaking these chains and you're automatically taking care of some of these different aspects um, all over the place. So, uh, you know, when you receive this help and this assistance, so to say, through love, you can't be controlled. You can't be controlled in that place. So it becomes a pretty, pretty powerful place to be in with this. And that assistance, again, is about moving you into your own command, command of self and power, and using your own intellect using your intellect and your creativity to bring successful results and to be able to carry out your ideas and plans, which as you're going through this process, you realize what are the really truly important pieces, right? Not necessarily the piece of chocolate cake on Friday night, although <laughs> although that can be quite tasty at times. It's about really carrying out something in this world. It's really about taking hold and helping to transform lives or other pieces up there. Um, so it's really about finding that heaven on earth because as we start to move through this and we let go of some of these attachments and addictions and we take hold into the transformation and go into the chaos and make transitions and the challenges, right? Uh, as, as we make all of those shifts, we're really learning to stand on our own. Pretty powerful stuff when you think about it, right? <laughs> now, we've got a couple more pieces that go into the dark night of the soul or, or aspects that are involved with it. So let's look at the aspect of initiation, right? We talk about initiation, and here again, we know that it's not the divine that throws the test out um, because the divine knows everything we're capable of in this. Uh, but where it is used as an initiation process, what is that about? And initiation, again, doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a test of sorts. But when we look at initiation, it's about thoughtful deduction. It's about figuring out the pieces. It's about tapping into your own personal mental superiority. It's about learning how to put aside material things by choice and learning to become what you truly are, which is all-powerful. If we understand we are the divine and we carry that gene within us and we are one, you know, we we are a piece and we are one and we carry the whole within us, then we understand we can be all-powerful. And when we use that power with clear thought, with clear understanding, we're able to set aside the material because we see what's of real value. We realize that, hey, maybe the TV isn't as important as some other things. Maybe I don't need this like I would like. Sure, it's fun. Sure, it can be pleasurable but maybe I don't really need that. And you start setting things aside. It's very interesting. As I've 
been on the road for the amount of time that I've been on the road, and I'm currently on my True North tour, kind of wrapping that up, and then tomorrow um, and getting ready to head back to Sioux Falls uh, tomorrow night. And, you know, those that have been following my journey for a while know that I went from a 2,400-square-foot home to a 24-foot <laughs> mini cargo van and um, have been traveling around the U.S. in that cargo van, doing venues, giving talks, giving presentations, doing sessions, and all kinds of things like that. And in this process, I often think about, wow, if I could go back and have some gigantic house um, or mansion or things like that, is that what I would really want? And I can honestly say at this point, no, it's not. You know, I'm loving the simplicity of having very little in my life, <laughs> very little to take care of. Um, you know, there's no sense of suffering there. Uh, there's a lot of people that think, oh, my gosh, if I don't have my TV and my computer and this and this and this and this and that stuff and my boat and blah, 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 life just isn't worthwhile. And you know, the interesting piece of that is as you realize that what is most worthwhile, you can't buy, you can't purchase it, um, you know, it's not in the stuff. And and it's it's funny, I was having some conversations with, with um, some people today and uh, and yesterday, and we were talking about some of those very aspects of how people feel like they've got to go out and buy all of the stuff and they've got to have this brand of clothes or they've got to have that and, um, you know, all of that type of programming that goes on. And, you know, one of the things that happens as you get older, you start simplifying. <laughs> Most people do. You know, they start releasing the material things. But, um, you know, it also, it also puts you into this place of power because, you know, even today I was thinking, man, I would not want to choose, you know, certain material things over taking, for example, a walk in nature. Like we have so much that is just naturally there that is incredible that we don't even tap into or haven't learned how to appreciate for a lot of people. And yet, you know, this has the most amazing step to it. And so basically what happens in this process when we talk about initiation, again, it's – and we talk about initiation in reference to the dark night of the soul, it is the material world bringing up and showing you those vulnerabilities, showing you where your addictions lie. And, of course, your addictions, as I've mentioned in previous shows, is about what is controlling you. An addiction is going to the grocery store and not – being able to walk out unless you have a bag of candy in your hand or a plank of ice cream or whatever it is. An addiction is not being able to, to resist calling somebody, you know, when you know it's probably not good to call them, <laughs> uh, that type of thing. So you you get to that point where the mental superiority says, I've got everything I need. I've got every piece that I need, and I can set all this aside. I don't have to suffer. 
but none of it governs me, none of it rules me. And I think that this is part of why when we look at religious structures and some of the more formalized belief systems like that, that they oftentimes have put people through mission work or they've sent them to countries where people are very deprived and have them spend time there because it wakes them up to some of these factors. It helps them operate from that smarter place. And when we're not governed by things, our power grows and our power builds. And when we're not attached to these things, we know that we can't be swayed by other people. So that becomes a very powerful place to stand in, and we then naturally become magnetic. <laughs> and we start drawing in more than what we need. So it's, a, it's an irony and a twist in that process um, of things. Now, we have a couple more pieces that, that go with um, the energy of the dark night of the soul. And uh, one part that I think goes kind of hand in hand with initiation is the concept of surrender, okay? Now, this is one of those pieces that a lot of people get very scared about. (laughs) They go, oh, no, 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 surrender. That means I'm going through torture, man. (laughs) I'm going to sit there and I'm going to be Christ on the cross and I'm going to have to you know, just really, you know, take that beating (laughs) there. Isn't that what Christ went through, that surrender thing? (laughs) Oh, no, no thanks. No nail through the hands for me, thanks. (laughs) You know, but surrender is that process, and it's only as hard as we make it, okay? The more we resist something, the harder it's going to be. So it's kind of like, Again, as we start to understand this process, we we realize that it's really not something to resist in our life. It's really not something to be afraid of because when we understand it's all about stepping into our power and coming into this amazing place of success and freedom and release and all of this stuff, why wouldn't we surrender to that process? But for most of us, because we're coming from the space of fear, and we're still operating from the ego and the material aspect, having a certain amount of control over things, we resist the surrendering. But when we actually let go and surrender, what we move ourselves into is an energy pattern that is strength through experience. So the strength through experience means it's our lessons learned. It means we're no longer in the fight. We're no longer in the conflict anymore. So it's a place of trust. It's a place of saying, okay, let's see where the journey goes. Let's see what happens when I open up here. And it's also in surrender a space of observation. Because when we're in a position of resisting and we're in a position of fighting and arguing and being in this conflict, of things. We can't see what's really happening. We can't see what's around us. But when we surrender, that places us in the position of observer. And when we're in the position of observer, we get the lesson. We understand it. We step into the mental superiority. 
we see the success that comes from the journey, from the strife, the trials, the challenges, the success when we surrender. Pretty powerful place to be because when we do this piece, this is the piece that makes us solid and stable and lasting and surviving. This is the piece that allows us to really go forward, is surrender. And this is why oftentimes when we hear about people like my fellow collaborators on Embrace by the Divine, you'll oftentimes hear us talk about that point where you finally just surrender. Just like the example I gave earlier where she just drops on the beach (laughs) and goes, I'm done. (laughs) Just take me now. (laughs) You know, she just surrendered to it. And it's amazing how much we resist and fight and argue until we exhaust ourselves into surrendering. But imagine if you embraced surrendering consciously. Imagine if you embraced it through excitement how powerful that could be. And these are part of the things that, and I think this is such a huge, powerful piece, the surrender piece to any challenge or conflict, whether we're talking the dark night of the soul or just a disagreement with a coworker, doesn't matter, or a family member. When you surrender to what the situation has to truly offer you, you come out ahead. And come out in success. Everybody can win. Now, we have one more piece that goes into the dark night of the soul. And it's a piece that people often talk about after they get through it and they've lived a little while after going through a dark night of the soul process or crossing the abyss. And that is the aspect of discovery and self-discovery. And I think that it's this piece of things that then people look back at and go, what an amazing process that was. This is the piece that people really reflect on and they go, man, did that phase beat me up (laughs) and feel brutal when I was going through it. tell you the lessons that came out of it are incredible, and the space I'm in now is amazing. And these are the pieces that when we look at the codes for discovery, discovery, I like to think of this as as a true understanding. It's a true understanding of who you are. It's a true understanding of the workings of the universe. It's a true understanding of your real, genuine, divine power within you and how to use that and implement that with wisdom because we do discovery. Discovery allows us to have influence. We literally, this is a piece, those that listen to the political show, remember that this is a piece that I talked about with a couple of candidates where you can come command groups of people 
You can truly lead nations with this. You're good with your own opinion. Again, in the discovery process, the piece that is the caution piece is that if you're surrounding yourself with other people who aren't also wise and operating wisely, you can be wrecked by their stupidity, so to say. (laughs) Not that I like to call anybody stupid. I'm not saying that. But those that are less aware, still living in the realms of the material control, okay? So when you step into this discovery process, again, it's not just about that, but you've got to be able to function on your own. And that's what the discovery process is about is doing that. And that's why also when people are going through this dark night of this whole process, a lot of friendships and relationships and different pieces and people and situations will start to fall out of their life because they realize they can't be listening to that and they can't be influenced by that anymore. And they realize that what they need to surround themselves with are people who are other people of understanding. And that's where we start to see people gathering towards their spiritual families. That's where we start to see people making those connections and walking away from things. Well, it's not really that they're abandoning those aspects. It's just that they understand that that's not the influences that they want to be around. You know, when we talk about this, we could relate this to an alcoholic. You know, when an alcoholic is a recovering alcoholic or they finally learn to control their addiction and their addiction isn't influencing them, Okay, they they don't sit around tempting themselves, hanging out in a bar with a bunch of people that are drinking. They choose to hang around people who also are not drinking because their lifestyle isn't about drinking anymore. It's not that they're saying there's anything wrong with the people who are doing that. They're just saying my lifestyle isn't about that anymore. And I want to be around other people who are interested in the same things that I'm interested in. Okay, kind of like as you as you grow older, when you're younger in life, you know, your your interests are all about the labels and the designers and the kind of car you're driving and, you know, all these different things and where you're eating out for dinner and all these different types of things. As you get older, none of those things really matter. And so you stop looking for the people who are interested in that and you start hanging out with people who want to have a real conversation. It's a very similar similar concept there. Um, Again, you know, the self is about tuning in with the divine energy, which is where the happiness and the success and and all of that is. And when we combine self with the discovery piece, what we end up with is is a whole other energy. And, And here again, I think this is another piece that people get a little scared of with the self discovery process is because As they do the self-discovery piece, they jump into kind of sudden leaps and bounds of advancement. You know, things start to flow. Things start to go better in their life. But also in that process of being in command and in charge and having this advancement happen, those people who aren't ready to grow, they oftentimes can feel attacked by or may come out then or people around them may start to feel threatened because those people aren't in the same space. They don't have that same internal power going on for them on a conscious level. And and that's where you get people that come at you a little bit that um, 
you know, start start to come at you and make you question things and say, well, I don't know about that, or that just sounds like a bunch of spiritual mumbo-jumbo to me, or, <laughs> you know, I don't know how you can believe that stuff. Um, you know, you start to get some of the naysayers. Well, you know, again, if we look at that and we, we take that challenge on, right, as I was talking about before in the energy of challenge, so the self-discovery is a learning process Again, learning how to stand in your power, how to be strong enough to be that influencing piece in there. And um, and so, again, it's a learning process. And as we move past just self-discovery and into stepping into self and no longer having to do so much of the discovery, even though that's kind of an ongoing thing, then we're stepping into, again, our real, true, divine power. And that's where we have our power, our passion, and our purpose running together. So I just wanted to bring that all together. And I think I think that kind of culminates <laughs> a lot of the pieces and gives us some pretty good insights. And, you know, this is the fun thing about code is that we get to take these things down and we get to really see these different components and these different pieces that are part of these processes of life. And, you know, I'm going to keep delving into these codes. Like I said, probably about every other week or so, I'm going to be running my own show. And we're, I've got things lined up where I'm going to be looking at the energy of crystals and gemstones. Um, you know, I'm going to be looking at a whole variety of things re- related to relationships along the way. And, you know, of course, more world events and and soul processes and spiritual processes and things like that. And this is an example of one of the spiritual processes uh, that we go through in life. So, you know, when we break this down, we realize there really isn't oftentimes uh, a reason or a need to be afraid of things uh, like we, we oftentimes originally think that there is or that we've been programmed to believe, you know, people are, are afraid that their soul will get lost in this process. But, you know, as I've explained, that there really isn't a need to be afraid of that. Um, and it really comes down to are you going to take it as a challenge? Are you going to take it not as a challenge in the competition sense, but a challenge in the sense of initiating yourself into your own power, of, of stepping into that and owning that and um, and, and learning to walk on your own and learning how to work with your own power from a non-materialistic uh, aspect from your own self and being responsible with that power. You know, the responsibility piece is not just, hey, working within my budget type of thing. Um, it's being responsible with the power that you develop during this process. So, um I hope that shed some light for you on things. And, you know, certainly, again, uh, this is a huge theme in um, in a book that I'm a co-collaborator on, which is one of the, the things that I wanted to address with it. And, and, again, that book is called Embraced by the Divine and Emerging Women's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose. And, actually, I think men are going to find this book actually quite interesting as well, even though it's um, focused towards women. Uh, you know, it's, it's a collaboration of several women who have shared their life stories and, and the challenges and trials and the tribulations and the emotions and the thoughts that they went through in these different processes and the doors that that opened for them. 
and how they got through it. So definitely watch for it. It's coming out mid-November um, in there. And I hope certainly this has been an enlightening and interesting <laughs> show for you in in this whole process of things. Um, I do want to mention that next week I'm going to have a really interesting guest on my show. If you like the whole concept of mind thought programming and uh, you know how that happens and how that comes about and things like that, then you're going to love next week's guest. I have Tony Statarella on, and he's going to be sharing his work, um, which is a book he wrote called The Myth of Me, and it talks about how we get programmed into these robotic states and what we can do about that. So I think that's going to be really, really interesting. There's still some time to sign up for my event in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, over Halloween weekend. Um, And uh, also for those, again, that are around the Boston region, I am in Westford, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, and doing an event that's a spot song event. It's going to be tomorrow, Saturday evening, um, October 17th, I guess it is tomorrow, and it runs from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Aquarius Sanctuary. Uh, Information about that, the Halloween weekend, my books, my products, um, guests, previous shows, videos, monthly special, all of that stuff. You can find on my website, Jesse and Nichols George, the number one.com, as well as um, in, more information about my code interpretation work, which is uh, what we've been building into on this show, is looking at the codes of the dark night of the soul. So you can delve into all of those things there on the website. And uh, I've got actually archived shows from, um, you know, all of our main kind of ongoing uh, hosts along the way. Um, through the Main Street Universe tab on my website as well. October special deal is a grid uh, with base code interpretation for $330. You save $58 on this. And the grid has to do with uh, crystal gemstone uh, runic pattern uh, grid for healing energy and for uh, helping you build the energy in your sphere and take hold on your own. And that comes with a base uh, code interpretation, so you can check those out there. Don't forget, we do have several shows here on Main Street Universe. I know we've been in some shifts and adjustments along the way, um, but we do have Susan Weed, who continues to share her work in herbs and natural plants on Tuesday nights. Um, Wednesday and Thursdays, I know Denise is starting some stuff up in there. Uh, we have our flagship show that runs a lot of times in there. Every now and then, Daniel throws a show in on an odd day <laughs> on there. Kevin Baird has been doing some shows with his new companion, uh, which I had him on at the end of uh, July. Actually, he was my last Activating Compassion show before I started up the Code Connection series. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a very interesting uh, aspect, and you can always check out his work as well. And, now, well, hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I want to thank you so much for being here today. And, again, thanks to not only all of our listeners on the Bob Talk, but also, those that are streaming live on Penn, known as Pair Encounters Network, Stream Finder, and Talk Stream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, as well as those catching the YouTube version of our show. I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we go more into Code Connection. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed my show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archive. And I'm going to leave you with the um, song Yearning For, also known as Over and Over by Shemshai. And again, 
go check out their work. They got a lot of great music. They do a lot of different things. They tour all over the world, so you might be able to catch up with them live. Check them out on their website, www.shunshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And I'm going to get this song queued up for you here in just a moment. <laughs> I didn't quite get my, my switchboard set up for, for that. Here we go. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with season of change inside. We are in tune with the tune, caught in a balance of sun and moon. Oh, deep inside, the light within, shining to show you it's here to begin. When all I have is all I need, I will. Soar to the edge of eternity And we see it eye to eye One within love to be for the divine And we're walking hand in hand Caught in the balance of God and